and welcome to this podcast series from Prompt Business Strategies, the turnaround and growth specialists. We will be taking a close look at the world of turnaround and exploring how to grow your business. We'll be talking to the people who have experienced it, from financial directors to lawyers and business owners, in order to give you insight and practical help. So if you are faced with dealing with a similar situation, hopefully it won't seem so daunting. We'll be joined by a range of experts to discuss the hot issues. We hope you enjoy this podcast. In today's podcast, we're going to be looking at how you work with people during a business turnaround. People are the key to success, and in a highly stressful situation, their ability can be hindered. So how do you get the best out of the people around you or in the company you are working with during a highly stressful situation? I'm your host, Rebecca Harding, and I'm a business owner. I'm going to be talking to John Whitbread. John is a lawyer and a partner at Heligan Group, specialising in restructuring, corporate finance and investment. Prior to Heligan, John was an equity partner at HCR, an award-winning top 100 UK law firm. John is a member of the Institute for Turnaround. So hello, John. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, Becca. Yeah, we're all good. Friday, sun's out. What's not to like? Yeah, absolutely. It makes a change. It was raining all over the weekend. But, but look, tell me, because you've worked with these sorts of companies all your, all your working career. So when you go into a fresh business that's got a problem, whether it's insolvency or turnaround, what do you need to get things started? And, and why do you need those things? So? Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, well, I think the first thing is to build that relationship and rapport with the uh, with the people, with the board and those in charge, the owners of the business. Um, and, get, and as part of that relationship building is get a, an accurate assessment of them and their skill sets, really, you know, because as they say, it's an old adage, but it's all about the people, really. Yeah, well, I know just from my own experience as a businesswoman, it is always about the people. You can have the best plans, but without the people, you can't do it. So, I mean, I imagine that if I was going into that sort of situation, because I am a businesswoman as well, I'd be very, very stressed and probably not performing at my best, if I'm really honest with myself. (laughs) So how I deal with stress on a normal Friday or whatever when people are wanting things. So, I mean, that must be true of even the best of teams and it must be incredibly hard for them. So so what do you see with those people? Well, it is really interesting. I mean, it's a bit of self-pride, isn't it? And, 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 you know, one of the the biggest challenge uh, and the biggest tip, or one of the biggest tips I think could give in those situations where things have started to go wrong is actually reaching out at an early stage. Of course, that's the last thing that proud people who have believe in themselves, you know, they're in business because they believe they can do a good job, make good money, create opportunities for people. So it's about pride and, and, and it's about their own dignity as well. And ironically, the thing that is the right thing to do call in help at the earliest opportunity when things are starting, when you're starting to struggle, actually that runs against all their sort of natural instincts that I can sort this out. You know, I just need to work harder. Uh, you know, it's something I'm doing wrong, you know, because the business idea is brilliant and, and the fact it's not working, is, it must be my fault. So, I, you know, I can sort this. You know, if I'm a proper business person, I don't need to go to any external sources for, for help. I just need to, and often I work harder, you know, and, and spend more time at the office. Um, and actually that's a bit can be a bit of a uh, a dangerous sort of loop to get into because as people spend more and more time 
and it's time, not necessarily positive energy, but time in the office. Um, they get more and more stressed. They can't see the wood for the trees. They're looking at the same problem in an ever more tired state yeah. and become more and more isolated because they don't want to share the problems, sometimes with family, um, sometimes with other board members. Um, if they're a board, don't want to share it with the owners, definitely don't want to talk to the bank about it. Definitely, definitely don't want to go to anybody externally and widen the problem out because I've got to keep it quiet. I've got to deal with this myself because as soon as work gets out, we're finished. All those factors actually drive a behavior, which is probably the worst thing you want to be doing because you need to be discussing it with your family. You need to be, you know, bringing, making sure the board are all fully up to date with it, share the issues with the rest of the shareholder base or the owner base and bring the bank in at a relatively early stage, ideally when you've got some kind of plan together. And bringing good quality external advice in is important. So unfortunately, the natural instinct from even good business people, you know, very talented business people, the natural inclination is to do the thing that or the things that you shouldn't really do. That's the, that's the challenge often. Yeah. And I, I mean, actually it makes me think about social media too, what you've just said about people feeling they've got to be the best businessman they could possibly be, because we see so often now these videos of these incredible you know, self-portrayed business people that have it absolutely under control. And, and so that's almost in giving people even more pressure to put on that kind of front, isn't it? Absolutely. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it spreads over from a socialised, doesn't it? You know, the, 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 the social media, the perfect family, the holiday pictures, the new car, the baby, you know, the new puff, whatever it is that's happening in the event, it's all good, glossy, shiny things in the life. And, you know, I suppose we are seeing more now with people opening up about issues personally in their personal lives. Do we see that as much in the business context? You know, do people share problems that they're having personally or in a business sense whilst they will start? I think social media has been helpful at breaking down some of those barriers from a personal perspective. It wasn't initially in the old days because it was every family was perfect and every person was perfect, wasn't it? And, and I think there's been some really positive things that have evolved from the use of social media to reach out for support, whether people want to lose weight, people are struggling with an addiction, people are dealing with... Uh, uh, there's a good friend of mine, her husband slowly passed away, and, and her support network, in fact, it's become a job for her now, it's social media and and being open about the issues of lo- losing a loved one and, and how she copes with it and working with other families to support them now. So that's the social context. But I don't think we've made that transition in a business context. We don't talk about our business problems in a, on use. And social media would be so powerful to do that. You know, and, and a lot of the business leaders that you, you know, the TED Talks, the podcasts, it's all about the positives, about growth and about people and about, you know, environmental and social aspects of the business and how we can be a better business people and how we can, you know, cut through all the important issues of the day. You know, and it's all really positive and helpful, but actually 30%, 20%, 100% of what we're doing in a day is not such sexy, exciting growth things. It's dealing with the problems. And there's it, very few and far between to, to find those um, those bits of nuggets of advice that we need and people being open about the struggles of having business because you've got to keep it private. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you, the point you made about the fear of going under if anybody finds out. I know a friend of mine who was in this situation. That was the thing that really drove him. It was it was the fear of gossip locally as much as anything. So he went uh, uh, other places to get the help and advice. But I know one of the things that really bothered him, and I know David has talked about this, David Stone's also talked about mm. this to me as well, is that... Um, the clients are often his clients are often worried about their wives and the children and that impact that it's going to have on their lives and the change in their circumstances if it all goes down the pan. Yeah. So they almost can't bring themselves to to face that problem of having to tell their families of the impact and make maybe some changes at home that need to be made in the short term in order to survive, particularly if it's their own business. Yeah. So, so what what would your advice to those people be that that are in that sort of situation? I think um, 
a, a wise man once said to me, you know, if there is an issue, you know, work out a plan, you know, and, and when you, you do need to share what the problem is, but it's always much better and much more manageable in terms of what happens after you share that news, if you're sharing the problem and some kind of solution, you know, and I think there's, there's the three camps, isn't there? There's kind of just head, it could be head in the sand. I think it's just, it's not so much that it's just people trying to deal with it all on their own. You're going down that route. You don't share with your family. Uh, you don't share with anybody else that's close to you, other people in the business, and you just try and do it yourself. The second option is you just go crying to everybody to say, oh, I've got a big problem, uh, here's a problem, running around and telling everybody, which, you know, is, is almost as bad in many ways. It's a kind of unmanaged explosion of emotion that you feel better for telling everyone, but then you've got uh, yeah. you've got 18 lines of conversation you can't manage and you can't get that journey back at the bottom. For me, the much better way is to, okay, reflect, work out and identify, just be honest with yourself, we have got a problem here. We need to bring some specialist people in, maybe already people in the business or non-execs or bring some externals. And, and non-execs are really good for that kind of uh, more impartial view on things. Either they can help you work through the problem yourself or maybe home they would know someone that can come in and help support you through the process. But work through it in a relatively controlled environment. You're not on your own anymore, but it hasn't gone full-blown public. Here's a problem. Yes. Broadcast. And I think that, it is different for the personal circumstance because really all the damage you're doing in that context would be to yourself and perhaps your own reputation if you was talked about an issue. And, and, and You've got a great responsibility. You've got a responsibility to stakeholders, to employees, to the banks, to customers, to everybody, suppliers. That, I think, is weighs heavier on people, and quite rightly so, because you've got that extra layer of responsibility to your family and to, to all those other stakeholders business. So I think what you, there's a halfway step. And my, for me, the third way is a much better way, which is to bring that close trusted, confidential group of close advisors and perhaps an external advisor to come in that will obviously keep the matter completely confidential and work on the problem, identify exactly what the nature of the problem, how bad it is, and come up with a viable plan. So that when you do start sharing in a wider context, whether it's your home, uh, your wife and the family and the kids, the owners of the business, the rest of the board, the bank, it's a managed situation. Okay, just to bring everyone up to speed, this is what we've got, identify the problem, this is how bad it is, it's not as bad as we first thought, and we've got a plan how to work through it. Kind of problem and solution all delivered in the same way. So you've got the engagement and hopefully the support of those key groups, but you're also managing it, you know, because a solution, sorry, but a problem just broadcast is going to create so much more heat and, and very little light. And then you will spend your whole day managing the worries of everybody you've just sort of dropped that bomb on. You know, they'll, the family will say, well, what are we going to do now? You know, the, the shareholders will say, well, how, what's what's the plan? What are we going to do? And it's all about confidence. And actually, the people that will lead a business through a situation like that, for the good of yourself, your family, the shareholders, and all the other stakeholders of business, you, someone has got to take control of that. And if you're not the person to do it, you need to find someone near to you that will be able to lead it through, and you'll be part of the process, but you might not lead it. But the absolutely key characters you've got to demonstrate is really strong, clear leadership. And just broadcasting a problem doesn't give anybody that feeling that you're going to be able to lead through the, through, through the issue. So I think that, that, that's how I approach it. No, I can see I can see that's the way forward, but I'm just wondering about how easy it is for people to achieve that mindset when mm. they're in the situation. Because that's the sort of perfect result, isn't it? Yeah. But but actually making the shift in in your mindset from the 
from I'm I'm in a really bad place and almost you, you, your rational brain switching off because your emotional brain is on. Absolutely. And, absolutely. and trying to shift that is, is a very hard thing to do in that situation. So uh, yeah. what in the situations you've tackled where you've seen people, how have they made that shift from emotional to um, more of a logical brain and being able to start to tackle and deal with the problem? Yeah, it's a really good question. And, and I say with all those factors I mentioned before, the whole need to keep it confidential until you have worked up a solution, you know, who can you talk to? So there is always that that issue. So if it is a criticism and it's not a criticism because it's inevitable because of the circumstances we've just talked about, it goes on too far before we, David Stone, myself, the, the, you know, uh, the, the sort of external professionals who deal with these situations day in, day out. Never ever take them for granted. Never under, underestimate the impact it has on the people in the middle of it and everything else. We, that We never grow numb to the impact it has. Absolutely not. And it's essential we never do. Because if we start, oh, it's just another job, then we, we, we need to give up and go and do something else. So we totally understand the seriousness and the impact of it. But the, 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 the observation, it, it's not a criticism because I think it's inevitable in circumstances, is by the time we do get involved, it is often not too late because that's what we're able to do, but it makes a tough job a whole lot harder because it is very much the 11th hour plus. And, and the sort of analogy is things start going wrong with a business. It's the plug hole effect. It's the vortex. Yes. And, yes. and things start to spin and there's this downward plug hole pulling pressure, pulling it down. And the longer that process goes, the vortex gathers its own pace and things spin faster and faster. And the people in the middle of that become more confused, disorientated, discombobulated because of the spinning effect of it all. And everyone's crying at them. They're worried about the family, they're worried about everyone. And they can't, literally can't focus. Even the smartest people, it has this totally disorientating effect on them. And the only way you can stop that, and of course, inevitably, the longer it goes on, the downward pull towards the plug hole gets yes. stronger and stronger. Yes. <laughs> and therefore, anybody coming in to continue that analogy to help you and pull you out of the plug hole, it needs more and more energy to pull you out of that spin. So I, I would say as soon as you start feel the plug hole vortex starting to spin, that's when you need to. And the earlier we can do it, and the earlier we come in, the quicker that process for pulling you out of that dark place uh, can happen. And secondly, we've got so many more options. You know, if it's too weak, and, and uh, sadly, often it comes to us because some external factor has forced the event. You know, that someone else has taken and saying, if you don't seek external guidance and help from a, a specialist advisor, we're going to appoint administrators at the end of the week. Or the finance director comes in and says, we can't pay the staff next month. But if you're worried, if people are worried about, um, about, getting out publicly mm. i mean the thing is as advisors you don't make it public do you it's always confidential so actually you are the best people to get in early because if if the, there may not be that much to do it might actually not be as bad as they think it is if they get you in early absolutely and it might be something quite simple we can do 100 percent. yeah absolutely and of course it, the impact of that spinning Whatever mental health challenges any one of any one of us have on a particular day, and however we feel, the impact of that increased spin and increased pressure, whatever pressure you're under, and whatever mental uh, strength you've got, you know, you, you're having to burn up so much of that to just keep your head above the, the spinning waters, as it were. Um, and, and and I think that's 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 a big part of it is actually having trust in someone. And and I would uh, you know 
the problem is so many people in business, and probably quite rightly, it's a, it's a criticism in the industry, have had somebody, a friend whose business failed, and, you know, they went to sort help, and then suddenly everyone in their industry knew about it. I mean, there are some industries that just leak like a sieve. I remember the printing, I've done quite a lot in the printing industry. The publications, print, print Week or whatever it's called, they knew everything was going on in an insolvency job. I mean, stuff that could have been completely confidential and would have stayed completely confidential in any other industry, print world just seemed to have someone in every business that was, oh, it's going to go into admin next week. How, who, there's only five people know that. All of them are sworn to secrecy. And, and two of them are professional advisors who would literally lose their profession if it, it came out. So it's absolutely. So there are those kind of stories about the industry. So I can't afford to tell anybody because word will get out. And if word get out, then we are finished. I've just got to sort this out myself. So despite those, that kind of feeling, I, I just say, fight it because if you get the right advice of course that one of the downsides of my job you can't talk about any of the successes Either. i drive around <laughs> the, 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 i know what have you done what can you talk about <laughs> no uh, slightly exaggerate there are some businesses that are more than happy to sort of uh, uh you know to comment on what we've been able to do to help them but a lot can't you know because of the sensitive nature of it you know and it's kind of it's a it's a it's a black part they sometimes see it as a positive thing some but a lot don't it's just something that got out of control and we don't want to talk about it anymore we're through that now it's just it's done we move on yeah they're quite traumatized by it i should think some people i i can imagine so i guess it's actually the mindset of um people as we've talked about it's the real key thing and getting them to there but once they're there and they're in in the problem and they're working through it and then as you say they get to afterwards and things are behind them do you see that people have learned from it have they developed as people have they grown is there anything positive that people come out of this with um that that actually makes them think, now I'm a better business person because of this. Yeah, that's interesting, really interesting. I think it is. And I, I mean, it'd be a terrible thing to say that every good business person has to go through this horrible, dark process, you know, some kind of rite of passage that, you know, you're, you're not really fit to call yourself a proper business person unless you've had three business failures. But to be fair, there's plenty of successful entrepreneurs, UK, US, across Europe, that had two or three failures before they were, you know, found the thing that was their big success. And, and actually, it's interesting, they're quite happy to talk about those because they're talking about it from a position of success And uh, now. They're not talking about it from the dark days of when we were battling, you know, those, those dark forces. So, uh, but I think the skills that having, if you can come through it and you can survive, or, you know, it didn't come off, but I learned a heck of a lot through the process. You're so much more better equipped um, for when you go into, uh, you know, your next business or the next chapter of that business where you're able to save it. And in fact, some of the best professional advisors I've worked with over the years um, come from a world of insolvency. You know, the law firms that I've been with um, over the years, the managing partners and senior partners often did a career in insolvency law before they became the managing partners of that business because they're just can able to focus on those key issues, you know, and those key, key, the things that really make the business spin. You know, there's lots of bits we can, yes. we can put the lights yeah. on the Christmas tree and the baubles, but actually is the Christmas tree standing up and is it, is it firm? Is it, you know, is it on a, on a solid base? Yes. Those key things, the imperatives for business, there's probably no better learning ground for that than going through an insolvency or restructuring process because nothing else matters other than those core factors for life. You know, those core things that make a business good or bad. 
you know, it's not the baubles and the Christmas tree lights. No. It's actually is the tree standing up straight, you know. Yeah, it's the basics. It's always the basics that get you. I, I, I find it, it's interesting because recently I, I've got some coaching for me, mm. which I'd not done before. I've always sort of battled on as, a, as an entrepreneur on my own. And, um, and what I loved about it was being able to think without having to manage. I was always the one chairing the meeting, always the one having to manage everyone else, make sure everyone's in included that I'm dealing and uh, dealing with everyone's emotions and what I found brilliant about it was suddenly being let off the lead to actually think about the problem and not have to control everything and it it was fantastic so I can imagine I mean that was just in a sort of developing businesses and so on but in terms of an insolvency situation I can imagine exactly the same is true and and so what I'm taking away from everything you said today is that having somebody come in and let you off the lead so you don't have to worry about the structure and the responsibilities and just give you the mental space to think clearly is really what what you're talking about isn't it absolutely and there's so many big things in business we're meant to think about all these things aren't we you know corporate social responsibility aspects welfare of start all massively important issues uh, uh, but sometimes when when the pressure's on or there is a, a, a threat to the whole thing it's it's almost it's, the old adage of you can't see the wood for the trees and that vortex effect. But, you know, even the most brilliant business people, not everyone can come through that kind of process. And some lose all their confidence altogether. You know, in a normal context, they were flying. They were great. They were creative. They were coming, they were dealing with all the major issues that that fast-growing business needed to deal with. But when it came to the moment of crisis, they, they really struggled to pick out what is the important versus what's the urgent. And suddenly when you're in a restructuring situation, everything is urgent. And because everything's urgent, you lose sight of what's important. And having anybody coming in, especially somebody who's been there and done it lots of times before, they're able to just cut to one side. Yep, okay, we don't need to worry about that today. But what about if we can't pay the supplies? That's not a problem. What about the revenue? We've got to pay the tax. No, we don't have to pay any of that today. We have to make sure we could pay the staff because if they don't turn up, if they're not paid, they don't turn up. And then we're finished. And And it's, it's kind of the in a sort of medical sense, it's like A&E for companies. You know, the fact that there's a broken leg isn't a problem. It's a problem. It's definitely not a problem for today. You know, we can sort that out. The problem today is there is no air in, in you know, getting to the, the body. You know, cash, cash, cash. Everyone focuses on profits and, you know, growth. When a business is in difficulty, it's all about cash. That's the only real thing we look at. What's the cash position? And, and it's a totally different way of looking at business. But when you come from those core bits, you strip everything else away. And what does it all come down to? That. Uh, then when you come through it, exactly. When you come through that and you build from those really clear principles and you've learned, you, I know under crisis, when I've gone through that, I've dealt with the most pressured situation any business person could find themselves into. I've done that. And with some great advisors around me and a brilliant non-exec input, we survived that. And you're kind of you're six, six inches taller yeah. and everything else you then have to deal with because I get the importance of this. That's really, that's really interesting. And we're going to get to that, but this is the important thing for today. And when we get that nailed, then we can go on to that. And it's kind of the, it's the important and it's the urgent and it's the order of things. That's the, that's the most important thing I think it teaches people is what you have to do first, then what that leads to, then what that leads to. And so many businesses, you know, when things are going fine, you can deal with things in any kind of order because it will all end up getting done and it will all look great. But actually when there's restructuring pressures or financial pressures and so many businesses are going to find this over the next 6, 18, 12, 18 months is actually what do I deal with first? What is the what is the real burning platform? Everything seems to be on fire. What do I deal with first? Because I'm just I don't know what I can't do all of this. 
So either just keep spinning plates and actually not actually deal with any of them, which often happens. Yeah. Keep trying to keep everybody happy. Spend half the day on the FD spends half the day managing creditors on the phone, but they haven't pulled a cash flow forecast together. Yeah, but I just spend all my time dealing with creditors. No, you don't do that. Your finance controller does that. You don't do anything else other than to do the most robust cash flow forecast you've ever done in your life. Because um, everything hangs off that. And that and, and okay, right, good. Okay, yeah, I get it now. Fine. Okay, yeah, that's all I need to focus on. You don't answer the phone to anybody. You want for everyone's purposes, you're not in the business at the moment. All you're doing is working with the management team, the non-execs and the turnaround people you are giving us, and we are relying 110% on everything you say. So if you do nothing else other than that, just we need to know that is 100% right because we haven't got any room for mistakes on this now. And every, that's the bit everybody has to be completely locked in and focused on their job. And the problem is the pressure's spinning around everybody. It's so easy to get distracted. And, get- and to start to make more errors as well. You make more errors. Absolutely. Because everyone's tired because the answer to it has been, I've got to work harder. You know, as we said at the outset, yeah. I have to get in the office earlier. I was speaking to a friend uh, who's suffering business a bit but personally just re- i can just really tell he's really personally struggling emotionally with this hasn't had a holiday for two years lots of people haven't this year the, t- the all the difficulties with travel and the airports i'm not going to go on holiday in Eastern this summer i you know, can't face it two years i not had a holiday at all and actually he's he's getting the office 4 30 in the morning he got there and he said i just sat at my desk and I, and I didn't know i just sat at my desk and i didn't know what to do first and I'll sit there and I'll go home at eight o'clock at night and I don't feel like I've achieved anything. That's big warning signs. You know, that would have impacts on the business, obviously, but there's a more yeah. urgent impact of his personal position. And there's quite a lot of people in that situation. But you can't, you can't deal with the big issues of the business if you are individually, as a person, struggling with that. Tiredness is a big factor. Oh, so it's all about that headspace. It's all about having a clear mind from help from other people who take all that tough stuff away from you and point you in the right direction and that would be the advice that you give people isn't it yeah a hundred percent yeah you're almost there's a there's a balance of all these things you know you don't retrench from the day-to-day aspirations uh, aspects of the business uh in terms of operationally because then the staff start to question what's happening what's going we don't see the ceo or the fd anymore so you you there's a balance but the reality is you need to the best of you on a day whatever your best hours are, whether it's five in the morning to one in the afternoon, but those best hours need to be set aside for dealing with the, what, where are we? You know, what is the latest cash position? When do we run out of cash? Properly, when do we run? Not, it's, it might be next week. Is it next week or is it the end of the month? You know, we need to be absolutely, and as we say, that's the challenge. When everyone needs to be at their best, all the factors around it, tiredness, stress, family worries, everything is dragging you in, a, not in that space. So you've got to steal everybody. And it's kind of, the challenge has been, not hard, but sort of really revving everyone up to be on it and focused and work as a team and be tight and loyal and hardworking, committed is what everyone you need, everyone on it, but then also picking up when people aren't going to make that journey and giving them time out with a big case that finished recently. Um, Two thirds to it, the FD was really struggling, really, really struggling. Um, And it was at a time when the last thing we needed was the FD not to be around for two weeks. I mean, it threatened the whole thing said to the CEO, he's absolutely no use to have spoken. We've got a greater responsibility even than the business. Uh, and, and this business was a, was a key business. Lots of people, health and lives depended on this business. It had massive implications if it had gone. But I said, we've got a wide responsibility. This guy will be broken in a week's time if he goes on like this. He, we just got to, you got to buy a ticket, send him to somewhere to beach and we don't contact him for two weeks. You know, and David was able to step in and pick up a lot of the finance bits for that two week period. And that was the best thing we did. It was the highest risk thing we did because that could have killed the whole deal. 
you know, the banks and everybody wanted answers every minute of every day. And he was going to disappear from the business for two weeks. But it was amazing. Even the most unreasonable bank, and there was a very unreasonable bank involved in that case, even they realised that he wouldn't have done that and we wouldn't have, you know, supported that. There's just no point. <laughs> They're not going to get anything when someone's in that position. And guess what happened whilst he was away? He had time and that headspace you described, and he came back with three of the most brilliant ideas because he had more headspace than all of us because yeah, all the rest of us were there doing yeah, and he was ticking away in his subconscious, which is what generally happens. Even when he was unwinding and trying to get himself yeah. together and taking some time out, ironically, at the, at the probably his most relaxed time was when the best idea came. Yeah. And he came back and, and he was key to the su- success. And I'm delighted to say that business is now very much in great shape and uh, will do very well in the future. And, you know, he's still very much with the business and isn't a, he wasn't broken. In fact, he's got a little bit of... Yeah, so he's proud of himself now. Yeah, a little bit of that. He gave up with the ideas. Yeah, yeah. Didn't need any of you lot after all. Yeah, Uh, yeah. (laughs) 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 Oh no, that's brilliant. Thank you so much for your time today, John. That's been really interesting, and I think everybody listening to this will will find it very reassuring actually that other people go through this, and and there isn't the end of the world if you get the right help. So thank you very much. Not at all. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you so much for joining us. This podcast was brought to you by Prompt Business Strategies, the turnaround and growth specialists. If you want to get in touch with David Stone or any of our speakers, please visit our website, promptstrategies.co.uk and use the contact details you'll find there. All the views expressed in this podcast are individual opinions and are general, so they do not constitute professional advice. If you want to see how an issue applies to your own situation, then please do talk to us directly.